Welcome to the One Hustle Show, where we're here to inspire, motivate, and educate you about other people's hustle in hopes that you can find your why. Hello, everybody. It's DC here, and we are on another episode of the One Hustle Show. We have an amazing guest today, Craig Tan. Very excited to have him on. I got my co-host, New Home Yogi, and I'll let her get it rolling. Okay, so Craig, just to give you a little bit of history about where the One Hustle came from, is I told Daniel... You know, originally he started in detailing and then he moved into real estate. I told him all it takes is one, one person, focus on that one and the rest will come. So we decided rather than like do this real estate based, we wanted, this is like a passion project for us. I love to learn about people and Daniel wanted a podcast. So we named it the one hustle show. We have the plates, one hustle and hustle one on our license plates. I've seen that before. Yeah. (laughs) And that's what drives us. So like what we want is to bring value to the listeners of people that are successful, like yourself, entrepreneurs, and find out where your hustle started. So sounds good. I'm ready. Okay. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Appreciate you guys. Yeah. So if you could start, like, it doesn't have to be real estate. Like where did Craig start his hustle? Ooh, good question. Um, yeah, so I mean, as far as, uh, you know, I grew up in New York, so I guess I have that natural, like, New York hustle. Um, grew up in New York, uh, spent my my whole life there. I actually started real estate there, which most people don't know. So I started um, at 19 in New York on Long Island, New York, and started in real estate. And um, I was a dishwasher at a hospital, actually. So I was doing that, uh, going to college, and then trying to do real estate, um, I guess somewhat part-time in the beginning. Um, Did it there for about a year and a half and then came to Vegas for my 21st birthday, like most people. And um, I had a good friend that actually lived out here and I got to see, you know, kind of Vegas outside of the strip. And I love that everything was like brand new and everything was, you know, there's building everywhere. And I was like, you know what? I feel like there's good opportunity out here. I'm just gonna pick up and go and packed up my car, was living in like a little one bedroom house, uh, pretty close to the water on Long Island, uh, broke my lease, packed up my car and drove out here by myself. And I don't know. That's what year was that? That was 2000. Gosh, what year was it? 2006 when I got here. Okay. So I caught like the tail end of like the exciting market. But what I didn't know is when I got here, um, there was like a six month wait on real estate licenses. So I don't know if you remember that. Back oh, I in, do. Yeah. I got in business in 1996. Yeah. So. We used to mail you the paper and you have to, <laughs> oh, yeah. we had the old books to like look through the MLS. Maybe that was before in 96, but I remember in New York, I used to see those, uh, my old broker used to show them. They were like a, like a nine X book. I don't even know if people know what that is like yellow pages. Oh yeah. And that was your, you got them every quarter. That's where all of the listings were. And you had a call on each listing. So you didn't even have like computer access and have it easy like we do today. Um, but yeah, I got here um, thinking that I'd get my real estate license immediately and come to find out there was a six month wait. So I did a bunch of nothing. I actually worked in a nightclub as a busboy for about six months when I first got here. So hmm. I wouldn't have guessed that, but I, I think that the New York thing boy. is cool. Like that you came from New York and how was your childhood? Good. I mean, I have, I have a brother, uh, who's a doctor in Florida. I have a sister who's a nurse in New York. Um, parents are still married, you know, good. Like I would say, uh, middle class, like lower middle class grew up, 
Um, went to a pretty good school on Long Island. Just had a, I had a good childhood. That's awesome. Um, yeah, good, normal, nothing too crazy. I would say normal. Well, you know, usually <laughs> everybody's childhood kind of molds where they're going in life and kind of like there's that breaking point where you like either one, change your mindset as far as what you were raised with or your, you know, current situation while, where you were in your childhood made you become what you are. Sure. Yeah, I, I think like my childhood definitely affected me. Like I remember, you know, as, as a kid, like watching my mom and dad, my dad always had at least two jobs. Typically he had three. So he'd go from one job to another job and then he'd sing in a band. So he'd sing at night to make money on the side. So I always, I think, you know, watching him, I guess, hustle, uh, definitely, uh, you know, watching that, you know, definitely played a factor in my hustle. Uh, but also, I think growing up, hearing them saying, hey, we can't afford that. We can't do this. Uh, I knew that, like, I want to figure out a way that no matter what, I can do whatever I want. So I think that really drove me to want to work and put the time in and put the energy into something. Um, so I think that really played a factor in, I guess, where I'm at today. How did you end up in real estate in New York? Like, was it somebody that you ran into or how did that happen? Yeah. So uh, growing up, I remember driving around, we lived uh, kind of a small town on Long Island, um, driving around. I always used to see, um, like the, the, every shopping center would say Aliano real estate and, or Aliano shopping center. And I was like, wait, I was like, that's one of, one of my friends, that's their last name. So I grew up with uh, a good friend of mine. His name's Nick. Um, his dad owned a real estate brokerage and he was him and his dad were big investors. So they owned like pretty much half of our town, all of the shopping centers. So I remember going to a birthday party of his to their house and they lived on the water. They had like two acres on the water. And I was like, holy shit, like this is unreal. Like they live in this house. They have shopping centers with their name all over it. Like I was super curious as to what they were doing. Like, and then, this is success. You're like, yeah. this is cool. Oh yeah. And I'd never seen that. Never you like smell it, you that. taste it. You're like, oh shit. Like yeah. there's a whole different world. Yeah. I've never, never had been like exposed to that type lifestyle. Um, so I reached out to him and he had just got his real estate license. He had it for maybe like six months or so. And I was like, Hey, I'm interested in doing real estate. And he's like, okay, go get your license. So I got my license. And what was really cool is that brokerage, there was only maybe like, eight or 10 people that work there. Um, so I got to work directly with the owner and his son and kind of watch what they did on a daily basis. Um, and of course they were so far into the business that a lot of their stuff was referral or calls in, but they, any questions I had, they were accessible. Um, so there was a lot of benefits to that, you know, 18 months that I was there, uh, before I transitioned out to Vegas. So I learned a ton from them and they were like, you know, willing to take me on and give me an opportunity and you know, I knew that if I stuck with it and just put the energy into it, that at some point I'd be able to get to a level of success. But I remember this is kind of a funny story. So I remember growing up, I was like super shy, timid, never talked at all. Even to this day, I'm, I'm pretty shy and quiet. Um, but I was like a mute, like my brother and sister always talked for me. I didn't talk at all. And I remember when I told my mom and dad, I'm like, hey, I think I can do real estate. My mom sat me down and she's like, I don't think it's for you. Like, I think you're making a mistake. And I think that actually drove me to want to do it. Um, wow. So yeah, it's, and, and not, she didn't mean it in a bad way. She just thought like, hey, you know, real estate, you need to be outgoing. You need to be bubbly. You need to be willing to talk to people. Well, parents don't want to see you fail. They're like, hey, like, I want to make sure like, 
this might not be the thing for you. Like yeah. as from some outside advice, like coming from a loving place, but yeah, that's cool. but I'll remember that forever. Like she said that and I always tease her about it. Um, just what does that. she say now? Just <laughs> she's just quiet. You know, I didn't mean it that way. You know, she's, I'm sure she doesn't feel good about, you know, making that statement. Um, but she was, she did it from a, it was like you said, from it was a from a good, place. it was a good place. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, like looking back on myself, it wasn't the right career for me. Like it's, it's been me pushing myself out of my comfort zone, like literally on a daily basis of doing things that I didn't like doing. I hated like talking to people. I hate, I, I remember in high school, like if they called my name, I would be profusely sweating, bright red. I remember skipping some of my college classes that were speaking because I had to speak in front of people. So all of that stuff, you know, I would do anything and everything I can to, you know, get out of having to do. I, I like, I recently did a thing at Galvar where I spoke. And even then, like I hit a point where I was like, I, I the confidence got me there. And then my reality set in, and I was like, Oh shit. Like I'm actually really nervous right now. Oh, like, yeah. I couldn't even talk. And I like fumbled for almost a minute and it was just like so crazy. But I put myself in uncomfortable situations. And I think that's not talked about enough that people need to do that in order to grow. Like you have to do stuff that you don't like doing and it's going to bring out the best in you. you sure. Know? Absolutely. I mean, th right here, right now is a great example. Like I thought of every excuse as to why I shouldn't be here, but be, be, I think I try and think a bigger picture. Like, Hey, I have a lot of respect for you two. I want to be here for you guys. And one, I got to push myself outside of my comfort zone. Is this something I love doing? <laughs> I mean, being on camera, you know, the video, no, it's not, it's not something I enjoy. I mean, even opening up my company, you know, I now own it. I have to speak in front of people. Not only do I have to speak in front of people, I have to do it on a consistent basis. And you know, it's, it's outside of my comfort zone. You so. know, I knew that about you. Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. You could probably tell. Well, <laughs> I, I'm very intuitive in reading into people. So that was why the statement was like, yes, you can make it on this date as long as you don't cancel. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I do everything I can to dodge those type situations because it's, or I used to do that. It's your brain does it. You, you have to fight it. Like you have to consciously yeah. recognize, oh shit, I noticed that my brain's doing that again. That's the trigger for me to like, this is go time. Yeah. You know, and I, that's very important. Yeah. And I, even reflecting back on things that I used to be uncomfortable with, now it's like, oh, that's easy. Like that's, that's super easy. Like I used to, I remember going on listing appointments and that was like, oh my God, I'm like panic mode of like, I, I got to meet with these people. I don't know who they are. What are they going to think of me? And now it's like, you know, give me 10 in a row and I'll nail nine of them. You know, I am opposite of you two. Like there's nobody that I won't talk to. So like this, like kind of fills my cup and I love and enjoy learning about people. So when I get stumped and I'm not able to talk to people, I'm like, where is this coming from? So I think it comes from both angles. It's funny here. And I'm going to the listening point. It's not like, dude, that's how I feel every time um, I would go into a listening appointment, buyer appointment. I'd be so scared, not know what, what I'm doing by the time I'm done. I was like, that wasn't that bad. I was like, yeah. we made it. I was like, we did it. Yeah. Okay. I know. I was like, I, knew it. I know. It. Well, this is the thing for the listeners. Like he's one of the top brokerages in Vegas, I would say. Would you agree with me? Get, Statistically get speaking, there. yes. Getting there. Yeah, yeah. But so like how many people work for you? Just to give um, listeners an idea. I think we just hit 100 licensees um, this month. So we have a, 100 licensees and then I th think we're at eight staff, eight full-time staff. Like we would never be competition to each other because like Daniel and I, like the boutique, small, mm -hmm. whatever. But just to give you guys an idea, here's an owner of a brokerage of 100 agents. 
that doesn't like speaking on camera and doing these things, but he mm. does it to get uncomfortable yeah. to be successful. And I think one thing that has really helped me with when I have things like this or when I got to go speak or someone asked me to be on a panel or um, anytime I feel like that nervous energy where I'm like, go into that panic mode. Um, I just remind myself that when I get nervous, it just means I care. I care about what the end result's going to be. I want to make sure that one, I'm providing value to people that they see value in, in the conversation that we're having. So I just remind myself of that. And that usually calms me down a little bit of like, Hey, it's just, it's just me caring. That's all it is. Because the day I stop getting nervous about stuff is the day I probably don't care anymore about what I'm doing. So that's Damn. at least how I train my brain. Um, to make it feel okay about doing stuff outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, people need to listen to that again. <laughs> that was yeah. good. Yeah, rewind that. Little I love that. That was some good <laughs> That's stuff. A yeah. good. It's a good perspective. I think perspective is everything. When you have the right perspective, you can get throughout anything. You can take the same situation and just shift your perspective like you did there. And it allows you to proceed forward with like a clear mind. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's very cool. And then you think about like the levels you want to go to, right? Like, if, hey, if I want to own a company, and I want to have a hundred phenomenal people that work at my company, then they deserve a different version of me. So like, how do I, how do I get to that place? Right. Who is that person that needs to lead a company and how do I become that person? Because that's not naturally who I am. So I have to force myself to do it. And then I always try and push it back to like, it's out of respect for them. Like they deserve that. I, it's not, it's not who I am, but they deserve someone that can lead the company that can you know, give them the information that they need that can, that someone that they feel like, Hey, I want to be behind this person because they're going in the right direction and they know what they're doing. So without conveying that to people and being able to speak with words in front of people, you know, you're not able to get that message across. So I, I just try and remind myself of all of that. Like, Hey, the version of me, who I am today isn't going to hit the goals I have. So I got to figure out how to become that person to hit whatever goals I have for the company. Right. And if I want these people that are going to follow me, then they deserve someone that can lead them to whatever path that is that they want to get to. Have you ever had any leadership training? Oh, you stole my, <laughs> I was going to ask you. That's exactly what I was going to ask. Um, so I have, I have two coaches right now. So I coach with Mike Ferry himself. Um, and then I have another uh, business coach. Um, I've gone through like a lot of training seminars and things like that. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, a lot of podcasts, uh, but I have not had like specific leadership training. So and I'm getting to a place now, even with my business, where um, there are definitely things beyond like what I know. And I'm learning that I'm not going to be able to figure these things out. Like even right now, we're at a place now where the business operates w well, but as we've grown, I see a lot of things that can be better. Mm -hmm. And some things, usually I could find a way to fix it. And there's things I'm just like stumped on, like, I don't know what to do. So now we're looking at outside companies coming in and taking a look at everything, how we operate, how every single employee operates and figure out, do we have the right people in the right positions? Um, am I in the right position, right? Like, am I, you know, doing, am I, am I the right person to, you know, lead certain parts of the company or is there someone better than me that can help me so those are things we're just we're looking at like i just i want i want to i mean i want to have the the best company here in town like i want everybody to know that we are the best company and not because i say it because other people say it and that they can see it and that our agents believe it and that our numbers support it so that's powerful 
Where did Huntington and Ellis name? <laughs> I get that all the time. So, uh, so Huntington's right where I grew up on Long Island, New York. Uh, Ellis comes from Ellis Island. Uh, but when I opened the company, for me, what I wanted is I personally didn't want my name in it. I like to be like the guy behind the guy, right? Like I didn't want my name in it because I knew as you know, a top agent here in town, for me, I felt it was going to be hard and maybe it was small thinking at the time. I thought it would be hard to attract another top agent because if I'm their competition, why would they want to come work with me? Um, and I also wanted something, a name and a company name that sounded like it's been around forever. Um, that looks like it's been around forever where when I go on appointments, they're not going to say, how long have you guys been in business? Um, where'd the company name come from? Right. So we never get that. Uh, and my agents don't really get that. They just assume that we've been around forever because all of our marketing material supports it. I mean, everything we have is so polished and put together that they don't even have to ask that. So I wanted something outside of myself that agents can come work at the office and be proud of the name. And for whatever reason, I didn't feel like if it was my name that it would be able to do that on a bigger level. Well, let's, let's dive back into where we were on the leadership thing. I wanted to know what leadership means to you. Cause I look at you as like an amazing leader. You lead, you lead people, your guys' numbers show for it. Like you guys are absolutely the weapons over there. And I think that's cultivated from you. Um, so I want to hear what leadership means to you. Sure. So, uh, I don't think I'll take credit for that, but, um, I think it's a, a group effort, but uh, the leadership side, I think, um, for me is just giving, right? Like you have to be able to, you have to want to give everything to your people. So if you're willing to give everything, I think that's really how you lead a company. Like I, I feel like, you know, a lot of, uh, leaders give you just enough to keep you and keep you happy, especially in the real estate business. And then the moment, you know, you're going to jump ship or leave that all of a sudden they have more to offer. So my way of going about it is like, I give you everything I can, whether, you know, financially, my time, my effort, my commitment to you, I'm going to give you a hundred percent of myself so that I know if the day ever came where you're like, Hey, I don't, I don't want to be here. I don't want to work for you anymore. I know that in my eyes, they outgrew me. They outgrew me before I grew myself. So that's my thought process on leading the company is like, I give everything I can, like I'm accessible. Um, I'm there. I walk around. I mean, I pace our office probably. 10 or 15 times a day. And I go check in on every single person that I come into contact with. Hey, how's it going? You know, just if they have any questions, you know, like we're just touching base with them and making sure. And it goes like everybody, even my agents staff, you know, like they're all equal to me where I think with a lot of companies in real estate business, you know, the, um, the leaders of the company are focused on the team leads and not so much like the team agents. Like to me, they're all important. We're all equal. We're all partners in this. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm going to give everything I can the whole way through. And the moment's not good enough or it's not enough, then I know that they've outgrown me before I grew myself. I struggle with leadership. I don't know what it is, but I struggle in it. Like, I love to give to people and I love people, but I don't know. I When they don't perform like me, Mm -hmm. I get frustrated. It's not even yeah. perform like you. I think she gets upset when people don't show up for themselves. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's really frustrating, especially when you're all in and you see that and then they don't even show up for themselves. So they don't, you know, that's, I think the frustrating part. Um, can you, do you agree? No, you nailed it. Like yeah. I see 
potential in people. Like I read people. Like that's my gift. Like, she wants to pull read, it out. Like most people would say, we can't read Craig because he's an introvert. I knew from looking at you, not because of how you behave, just because I'm really good at reading people. Mm-hmm. And that's like my skill set. So we can jump right back into what you were talking about where um, you said you struggle on like the leadership part. So um, I could say when I, when I first, when I first opened the company, um, I, I did, I really struggled with, with the leadership side and opening, or I guess being more open-minded and changing my mindset because in my head, because of how I am, I used to, I could never understand why someone didn't want to do 50, a hundred, 200 transactions. I'm like, well, everybody wants to do that. Like everybody, like, of course you want to do 200 transactions, but the reality is some people don't like they, they want to balance their time better because I could tell you for myself when I'm doing a high volume of business, I mean, it takes a lot, right? It's a lot of sacrifice. You know, you sacrifice time with your family, you sacrifice personal life and you have to want to do that. Not everybody wants to do that. And it took me probably a couple of years to accept that that's okay. Like everybody can have their own path and their own goals. And at this point or this season of their life, they may only have a goal of, 20 transactions or 25 transactions. And that's okay. The ones that I struggle with is when they say I want to do 100, but their actions are of 10. So as long as they're in alignment with what they want, and I can help and coach them to get to that point, that's okay. And I think that was like a game changer for me in that mindset shift. So like we have company minimums. And of course, we have expectations of, you know, agents that come in our office. Um, But it's not an expectation of you have to do 50 or hundred transactions. Like if you want to do 20, let's do it. Like, I'm going to help you get there. I want you to do 20. And then maybe hopefully next year you want to grow 20%, right? Because you're either moving forward or backwards. You can't stand still. Correct. So you know, we'll get to 25 the next year. And maybe the next season of their life allows them to devote more time. Maybe the kids are in school or, you know, whatever it is, or they have a little bit more work light, you know, they can put more energy into work or they, you know, what, what, whatever they got going on in their life. So that was for me really changed the way that, that I lead is learning that it's okay. Not everybody wants to do, not everyone wants to devote 60, 70, 80 hours to their business. And I reflect back on my life. I'm like, Oh my God, I gave up like probably 15 years of my life, a personal life. Cause I didn't do much of anything except for work and try and build a business. And, and that was my whole life. I sacrificed a ton for it. And I, don't, I wouldn't say I regret it, but there's times where I'm like, geez, I probably could have slowed down a little bit and it would have been okay. So I look, you know, when I talk to people and they're like, hey, I want to do 25, I'm like, I'm excited for them. If they're excited, I'm excited. So that was, that was a big no, change for helpful. me. What are some other really good lessons you learned that you kind of give to us as far as like being in that first year? Because we're at like, I mean, we, you know, the real estate thing, we've done well at that. And then we started a brokerage and we're like day zero. I feel like I'm, every day I learn really, really yeah. great lessons. And I just like, you know what? It's going to keep coming. It's, <laughs> and, I, and I expect it. You know, that was the journey. It's like, this is my uncomfortable situation. Like, this is what I wanted. I had a desire to do it. I went out to do it. And, you know, we did it. And now I'm learning, you know, it's just yeah. a learning process. So yeah. what, would, what would you say? I, I would say working on your versatility, right? Learning like how to work with, operate with different people, right? Because we all have our own personality and just learning how to speak to people that have different personalities and how to conversate with them or try and put yourself in their shoes, try and understand where they're coming from. Um, I would say versatility is probably 
I would say that's probably one of the strongest things that that I have going for myself. And, and I think that I learned a lot of that when on listing appointments where I would go from, you know, a forty or fifty thousand dollar condo on the east side to a two and a half million dollar home in Summerlin and do it all on the same day. And you have to be versatile with, you know, having different conversations and making feel people feel comfortable. Um, that versatility, I think, really did help me with learning how to handle different agents and everybody has different personalities and, um, you know, talking people down, not taking things personal. Um, because like, you know, when people, if people leave your company, sometimes you take it personal, right? And it hurts and it's okay because business people always say like, you know, don't take it personal. It's business. No business is super personal. It's always personal, right? Cause you build a relationship with people and, and sometimes you're blindsided and you're like, what did I miss? You know, but for me, all of that stuff is a learning lesson. It makes me better. And then it opens the door for somebody new to come in. Um, so it's, I don't know. I just, I, I think versatility, just learning different people's personalities, being able to handle different people, being able to go from high pressure, high stress to, you know, calming people down. Um, I think that has helped me a ton. And I think I learned it from going on so many different appointments and working with so many different walks of life and different people that it helped me with growing my business now. How do you deal with high pressure and stress? I, I mean, I, I work better. The busier I am, the more pressure I have, the more stress I have, I'm on point. You slow me down, I, I will screw up what I'm trying to say. I, I'm not, you know, handling things properly. I like fast paced, I, I, I like that stress and pressure, so. Walk me through somebody leaves the company. What is, how is it that you personally deal with that? So for me, I always reflect back on when other people have left and what happened after. So that's always easy, right? One person leaves and like all of a sudden I get an even better person that comes through the door. Um, I always want to, for me as our company, like our policy is like, we want people that want to be at the company. So even our interview process is, if you saw our interview process, you'd be like, that's really weird that like I send most people that come and interview, I make them go interview with other people. And I make recommendations on people that I truly like that I respect that do good business on, Hey, you know, I think you need a team, go interview with these people and then find a couple on your own. And then after you're done with that process, if you're still interested in coming here, reach back out. And they're like, what? Because the biggest mistake I see with people in real estate is they don't interview, right? They just go by default. Like, oh, I heard this company's good. I'll just go in there and hopefully they're hired. Oh my God, they'll hire me. And they just go there. So I see that with real estate people all the time, but you have to go through the process of interviewing different places to know that you're at the right place. Um, so for me, when somebody, if that happens, like our retention rate is ridiculous. Okay. So knock on wood, like, I mean, most people that come to us stay unless it just doesn't work out and we ask them to leave or whatever, but most people stay, but we have had people that, that have left. And for me, I want to make it the easiest thing possible, right? If they, the moment they say, and I even tell them, tell our agents this when they interview with us is that if there is ever a day where you're like. I just don't like Craig. I don't even want to be here. I don't feel good. I don't like the energy here. Or I feel like there's something better for me. Come talk to me and I will make it the easiest process to get out the door. You take all your stuff, take your listings. You'll be paid in full on all of your escrows. We're not going to keep anything because 
if you keep people like that, and I see companies do this all the time, oh, horrible. they just become a cancer within the company and it ruins the energy. And the, the most important thing to me with the company is our culture, energy in the ask, office, yeah. um, and having people that want to be there, right? And that's how you create the culture, right? You can't have culture when you have people that don't want to be there. Like it's impossible to create a culture. But when people want to be there and they're excited to come to the office every day, then you can create an exciting place to be and it makes more people want to be there. Damn, he's killing it. Diane's literally right. literally ripping off my list. I said, <laughs> how do you cultivate the culture in your office? Yeah. And that's exactly how you do it. You answer my question. Yeah, it's just yeah. Hiring, hiring the right people, hiring getting good rid people. Of the people know, you yes. know, having the conversation up front, I think, is huge so people know that there, you know, there is an out because you don't never want people that don't want to be there because yeah. like you said, they start infecting the environment and then other people don't want to be there because somebody has negative energy. And people, I don't think they understand how much energy is important. Energy doesn't lie. You know, energy says a lot more than words do, you know, yeah. and it's, it's interesting. The energy that people carry for sure, positive or negative, it, it impacts the people around them. Yeah. I in, learned in, intentionally or unintentionally, you know, it's true. Yeah. I learned something, gosh, probably like seven or eight years ago. And I'd love to give credit to whoever told me this, but I don't remember who or where I heard it or whatever, but I, I have always kept it in the back of my head. And it, it, it was, um, if I pull up to my office and I see somebody's, I think I told you guys this when I met with you. Um, if I pull up to the office and I see somebody's car in the parking lot and I have that anxious feeling or I'm not excited that they're there, I'm six months behind on letting them go. It should have been done six months ago. So I've kept that in my head. So if I ever see, and I'm like, Oh God, like I gotta deal with this person. If I ever got to that point and we have no one at the office like that, but if we do, I know that I'm not making the right decisions. And we always know, right? Like, you know, when someone's not the right person, but sometimes we hang on to them because we're like, oh, you know, I feel bad or, you know, they need a job or, you know, well, if they do a couple deals and, you know, or, or they're a big producer, right? Those are the hard ones to get rid of when they're doing a lot of business, but they are still a cancer within the office. Those are really tough because you have to make decisions. I remember one year, I think I let go of seven or eight agents um, in December, seven or eight agents. And I, I should have let them go five or six months prior. I like it was seven or eight agents and some of them did some decent business, probably a hundred transactions. And we were a new, newer company at the time. So for a newer company to give up a hundred transactions, it was a tough, tough call that I had to make because I knew to move forward that I had to do it. But at the same time, like a hundred transactions, oh my God, that's, you know, that's this much income to the company. Um, but I made a decision that it was a necessity to move forward and it helped us move forward. I mean, it's, it was a tough decision, but it had to be done. I told Daniel when we started, I said, listen, when I work for Deerhorn and I manage for them, I had to manage their people. I didn't get mm -hmm. to hire them, not, not many of them. And I would pull up to my office and be like, oh, my gosh, they're here today. You know, like, what, what is it today? You know? And I told him, that is one thing that I want to instill in our brokerage. Like, I want to come to work. I don't ever want to pull up and feel that way about somebody's car being in the parking lot. But when it came down to it, needing to let go of people, I took longer than I should have, mm -hmm. you know, because now it's like mine and I have to be accountable for it. And, you know, well, not mine. It's his. But, you know, I knew it. And with my experience, you know, behind me. So I feel the same way. Like I want the people to want to be here and I want to want them there. Mm -hmm. That's where you get the best. Yeah. And you, I mean, energy is important, right? You guys got to feel good when you come to the office every day. You got to be, you're, you're still out producing. So you have to be 
I mean, you got to be in a good mindset. You got to be excited. You got to be enthusiastic. You can't come in and be like, I don't know. I don't even want to be in my own office. I mean, that's, that's a really dangerous place. If you're at that point where you're like, gosh, I don't even want to be here. I don't even like people that are here. Right. You hired them. So you got to make sure that you protect that. And I always, I think that thing that always helps me because I naturally, I mean, I, I hate firing people, right? Like I always think the best of people, right? Like they're, oh, they're such a nice person. They're, you know, I want to, I want to keep everybody, but I always think about the other people in the office, right? Like I, it's my responsibility to protect yeah. every agent that's in the office and make sure that they have good energy around them because I know it affects their business. And I mean, we hear it all the time, right? Like your, your environment really does control your success level. Like, yes, some people can be in any environment and they'll still do well, but if you put them in a great environment, they're going to do even better. So like, I think about that all the time. Like I want to make sure our office environment is somewhere where I can be productive and excited and enthusiastic. And I want to make sure that every single person feels the same way. So I'm very, very aware of that. And I watch that super closely. Super important. How do you think that you manage being a producing broker and still run the business? Ooh, that's a good question. So as of January, I have um, stepped away from selling. So that was a, a big step for me. I shouldn't say that. I've done a couple of transactions this year, um, but I've hired two listing agents to take my place. Um, and I did it for a couple of reasons. One, um, I couldn't lead the company how it is right now if I kept going out and working with clients. Um, two, I felt my excitement and enthusiasm for that side of the business start to diminish, which I had never before. And probably just because I was being pulled in too many directions. Um, and I knew, like, I've always thought, you know, a client deserves an agent that's super excited, enthusiastic. And if I'm not going to be that way, then they deserve someone better than me. So I need to find two people that can replace me that are better than me, or I can train to be better than me that are excited and enthusiastic about going out and signing that listing. So I hire two people in place. Plus the biggest talk right now in the industry is stepping away from the business and having a real estate team that can operate, you know, with you just leading it and not producing. Um, so I feel I owe it to all of our agents to do it, figure out how it's done, and then show them how to do it at some point in their career. So it's more of like a test. Um, it's, I mean, it's been really good. Like our, just our team, not the company, just the Craig Tang group. Um, last year we did, I think 400 transactions and I think 90 were my sales. So this year um, we're on track for what the goal is, which is 704 transactions as a team. And I will be responsible probably for 20 or so like clients that are long term, uh, you know, really want to work with me. Yeah, that are just, you know, good people, easy to work with. I don't do the buy side at all. But the 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 seller side, like I'll, I'll still work some because I still want to be relevant, right? I think that's part of the reason that that people come to our company too, is that, you know, I am relevant in the market, right? Like I do go out and sell, I understand what sellers are saying, I know what buyers are saying. So I, I want to do it. So I'm still relevant. So they don't have a broker that, you know, is talking about stuff that happened in 2005 or six, you know, that's totally irrelevant to today's market. So I still want to be present and relevant, but I, but I feel like I owe it to our team leads and agents and to show people that, Hey, this can be done and this is how you do it. And I'm going to create the path for it and I'm going to show them how to do it. 
So that's, I love it. yeah. So it's, it's been interesting because it's, uh, it's probably like an ego check too, right? Like, cause I'm used to being the guy that goes out and takes every listing and, you know, signs 120 listings a year. And now it's like, I'm not, but it's really cool to see other people do it and to see the team thrive without me. So it's a, it's a good ego check though. And I never thought I had a big ego, but we all have an ego. Oh yeah. So you have to in sales. Yeah. You have to, you have to talk about the ego. Yeah. It's, I think it's just confidence. Yeah. You know, I think you got some ego. <laughs> as far as sales, motherly like you love. Have, you, have, you have to have the confidence though to go out and do that. Sure. You have to have enough self belief or ego or whatever you want to call it to go out and do it. Because everybody in the world's going to tell you you can't, you shouldn't. This is how it is, and you have to be that for yourself to be able to push out of that zone and be like, you know what? I'm the shit. I'm going to do this, whether you are or you're not, and believe that you can before you do. So I want to rewind the conversation. Perfect. Go for it. Because I think it would be valuable for Daniel. So you started in 2006 here? Yes. Where? Uh, what company? Uh, Prudential. And did you work on a team? So, yeah. So I've been through every part of it. So when I first, uh, when I was in New York, I was at teams. I don't even know if it existed. Right. Then. Correct. Um, but I was just an independent agent. Um, when I first moved here, uh, an appraiser that I knew in New York had a sister that did real estate here just coincidentally. So she had told me when I, she f- found out that I was going to move and she said, Oh, go meet with my sister. So I did, I made, I shouldn't say I made a mistake. Great lady, but I made the mistake of, I didn't interview anywhere. I literally went and met with her and she was like, oh yeah, come to my team. You know, this is great. And everybody in 2006 was great, right? Um, uh, so I went, I, I joined her team and then uh, I was a team associate for a little while and then she asked me to be a team manager. So then I was managing her team um, and then I left and I was an independent. Then I had a partner. Um, then I went back to being an independent and then I had a team. So I've kind of felt and I think that's also helped me out a lot too with running the company is that I understand all parts of it right I know I know how it feels to be underneath someone as a team associate I know how it how it is to have a partner so I think all of that stuff has you know helped me with coaching the agents and helping them understand you know how the business works so at what point in your career did you get a coach um 2000 gosh I would say I think in 07, I had, I think I started coaching with Mike Ferry, uh, with one of, you know, his coaches in 2007 through 2009. Um, and then the market crashed and I implemented, I was lucky enough to, I took what I was doing for like expired listings withdrawn for sell by owner. And that's kind of how I built like the beginning of my career, but I took those scripts and then I rewrote all of them, which was pretty much the same scripts, but to go after banks. So I started prospecting banks and asset management companies to get all their business. And then at one point I was working with like 30 different banks and asset management companies and financial institutions and listing all their property. And then I did that for a while. And then I went and got my Atlanta real estate license because I knew that that was another area where the market was terrible. I didn't know the area, but I just, I, I found out that they had full reciprocity. So if you have a license here, you fill out the paperwork there and you have your license there. You don't have to go take a test. You don't have to do any class. You just have your license. So I did that. And then I started prospecting banks for Atlanta and built a business there, which was a total flop, but we did well with sales, but I didn't, we didn't think through average sales prices, which were like 30 grand. So our commissions were super, I mean, it was like, it was, 
it was good in theory, but it was it was a flop. It was we lost money on it. Okay, so you got done with the bank stuff. What's next? Um, so when I so I was working with thirty different banks, asset management companies, and then that started. I saw that dwindling, right? So like 09 through 012 through 2012 was fantastic. 13 was pretty good. I want to say it was like 15 where some of them started going away or going under. Um, like asset management companies, they were like mm-hmm. losing their clients, so they were closing up shop or they were just narrowing down their network, start getting cut. So now all of a sudden I go from, you know, doing 3 or 400 listing sales to now it's 250 now it's 200 and i'm like okay this is all gonna go away at some point and i actually remember the last company i had was a company that serviced fannie mae and i was driving out to utah because i bought this like 65 shelby cobra and i was all pumped up i'm buying this car and i get a call from the owner of the company and he's like hey just want to let you know we just lost fannie mae so you're we're taking everything you have currently going we're taking it back and you're not getting anything else from us. So it was literally put me, almost put me out of business at that point. Um, so I was like, oh shit, I still bought the car like an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, I got back and I was like, I got to get back to what I was doing before, what worked. Um, and most of the agents that were handling REO either made enough money where they could retire um, or went out of business. Um, so I just started prospecting all the listings that I sold and back to like expired and withdrawals and old school and just started building my business again from there. I mean, it was I was fun. fortunate because I was working for the builders. Uh-huh. So like they had to sell their homes. So we were gonna, we were doing like the short sale and we had like, you know, all these big promotions and we were given like 30, 50, 80, 100 grand off houses just to sell houses. It was crazy. Definitely a different yeah, it was market. crazy times. I remember, I mean, it was like the gold rush. Like if you can get, I mean, what was cool is if you landed one client, right? Like I prospect, I get some big client, it could be 30 sales off one client or or hundred sales. Right. And then you do a good job with them and they're giving you everything or they'd be like, Hey, can you go check on this agent's properties? And I'd go out there and take pictures and be like, Hey, the house is a mess. It's not trashed out. It's not clean. And they would literally term the agent and give me all their properties. I'm like, okay. Um, so you would get like, there was days where you get like 10 or 15 assignments. So 10 new listings in a day. But what was really cool about it is that taught me how to manage a business, right? Because there was more to it, right? You got to put all the utility utilities in your name. You have to coordinate repairs. Um, and if you don't submit for reimbursement, so all you figure, you know, if you're managing say hundred properties at a time and you have power, water, gas on each, that's three bills. You're getting 300 bills a month in your name. So if you don't submit for reimbursement, before the property closes or in a timely manner, you, eat you don't that. get your money back. So I remember one year I was trying to, I guess, be cheap. And I hired someone that was doing accounting. And it was some young girl that knew nothing about accounting. And I hired her to do accounting. I think I lost like 40 grand in utilities that, that year. Like, so you really have to, you, you had to watch that, but it really taught me how to run a business and operate a business and manage it and manage more people. Cause you needed people to help, you know, staff to help you. So it was, it was, Fun times. It was good. I liked it. I mean, it was, I was one of the lucky ones that got into all the banks. That's cool. I never knew that. Yeah. It was a different market then. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. I mean, when did you start in the business? Six years ago. Yeah. So six years ago. So you've never seen a down market yet. No. Um, And hope, I mean, at some point we'll have a down market, but um, it's just, it's different. You know, it's imagine having conversations like with regular sellers and instead of, calling them to say, Hey, we have five offers. You're calling them to say, Hey, we need to reduce your price by 25,000. And there were times where you actually 
our conversation was, Hey, you can't, you don't want to chase the market. Let's get ahead of the market and let's drop it 50,000 because the market's down 25 over the last, you know, 60 days, let's drop it 50 so we can actually get an offer. And then you're dealing with people that will, we don't even have 50,000 in equity. So it was just different conversations, not fun conversations. Well, I think that's, there's something to be said about that because with how our market is, I mean, that could hit any day. And the agents that are used to, you know, two, two, three percent interest rates. Now we're in the, you know, five, sixes, like mm -hmm. that conversation is starting to change, you yep. know, and agents are going to have to evolve and grow with that. Sure. Um, and it's definitely, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the market shifts. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, you know, the agents that were really trained well or, you know, just are going to have to fall on their face and learn, you know. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely I mean, the market, what I see for the market is you know, rates will probably wipe out maybe 20% of buyers, right? Which is perfectly fine because we have more buyers than we need. <laughs> um, inventory ticking up a little bit. Um, I still think we'll have a super strong market at least the next 12, 18 months. Um, at some point, it will it has to shift. There'll be some sort of shift. I mean, how much our, our median sales price is going up is just ridiculous. You know, and it's hard because we as agents and as consumers, we, we get caught up and we just like, no, it's, it's fine. But I remember we had similar conversations in 2006 or seven. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think the market's going to crash, but we might see a little bit of a pullback at some point. There has to be some correction at some point. Mm -hmm. Knowing what that looks like, nobody can predict it. Really. Yeah. Well, I told him this is where I feel it's different because I got it in – you know, in 96. So it was a very different market than, mm -hmm. you know, six, seven, eight percent was like totally normal, you know, and, you know, price of houses were substantially less, obviously. Mm -hmm. But when I went to work for Dear Horton in 2004, I mean, I was his age and I didn't know what was going on. I sold a whole community off of floor or off of blueprints that I had never even read behind a dirt mound with real estate agents staying in their car like a week rotating mm -hmm. to get their clients a house. And then, you know, when the lender said it was approved, I was like, okay, let's write it up, you know, and then like stated income. Okay. You know, but like mm -hmm. really in reality, all of us played a part, you know, that. Knew. Sure. And so when the downturn happened, people were losing the houses. I like felt personally responsible. I was like, this is like awful to see mm -hmm. people losing their houses. And, but I remember, in 2012, the day the market changed, you know, I went to my sales meeting on a Friday. They're like, no more offers that week. And I wrote like eight off, three off, six off. And I went to one of those families and I said, do not walk. Our market has shifted. Don't. Not over eight grand. Because they were getting like 2,600 square feet on a half acre with a detached two-car garage for 308000 crazy. <laughs> and they walked. And that's the day I knew the market had shifted and like you just pivot. And then 21, I was talking to one of our lenders before I got into doing mortgages. And I said, Sean, the interest rates are going to go up. My gut's telling me. And he's like, no, it's not. It's going to hold till the end of the year. I said, Sean, I'm telling you something in my gut is telling me interest rates going to go up. The next week he called me. Damn he had a well. call. 12 of his loans and tell them that they weren't locked because at the time they weren't locking because it's sure, yeah. so good and their payments had gone up, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I have those conversations now, because I have been through a downturn and have seen those markets and stuff like that, I tell Daniel, I was like, 
The only thing that I see really different here, and like maybe you can speak to this because you've been around, you know, I'm dating myself obviously with this, but I just feel like we're not doing arms. We're mm -hmm. not doing stated income loans and the people are coming out of pocket for the difference in appraisal. So sure. like the supply and demand thing is not going to catch up. I think with interest rates rising, like you said, we'll see like less buyers in the marketplace because they won't be able to qualify. Mm -hmm. But as far as a market correction, I can't figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. I think we have better, stronger buyers than ever. Like sometimes I'm like, where are people getting all this money? Like, right. Where does this money come from? <laughs> oh yeah, like, everybody has money. Everybody. Yeah. Um, so better, stronger buyers. Um, definitely more qualified buyers. People are financially vested. I mean, you know, when you put if you put nothing down on a house, it's easy to walk away from nothing. But when you put twenty percent and that's your whole life savings, you're not, you're not going to walk away from that. You're going to tough it out. And then what do you do? What are your options? Right at this point. You know, if you had to go rent something and now rents could fluctuate too, but if you had to go rent something, it doesn't make sense. So people I think will, would stick it out. And plus you have, you know, your Wall Street buyers, you have investors. I mean, you know, there's so many people with so many properties that have bought over the past, you know, eight years or so. Um, yeah, I, I just don't see any sort of, I, I don't see anything changing anytime soon. Um even with rates going up and rates are still reasonable. I think you know, so. they're not, they're not ridiculous no. now. Sure. You know, did we see 6%? Yes. But were prices different? Yes. Um, so, you know, it's definitely more expensive, but it's still cheaper than what inflation's at right now. So it's, you know, I, I just don't see it changing better, stronger buyers. Um, people willing to put cash into properties, um, significant down payments. So I think, I think we're okay. You know, and Vegas is doing well. Vegas is different. Um, I always try and be mindful of the same type of conversations we had in 2007. I remember people telling me, oh, you got to go buy in Pahrump because there's no more land in Vegas. And I'm like, wait, I see dirt everywhere. What do you mean no more land? Um, but people were like, you know, you buy in, Vegas, uh, buy in Pahrump. That's where the next, it's going to extend all the way out there. Everyone's going to live in the suburbs in Pahrump because it won't be affordable in Vegas. And, and maybe one day that'll be true. But I remember those same conversations. So I, I try and be I'm very aware of that, but I'm still buying in this market. So like, I still believe in our market, um, long-term. So I don't know. I think we're okay. I think so too. Real estate's safe. Oh, I a hundred percent agree. I think our market's completely unique. And, um, but as far as the financial markets, I think that's the, what the worry is more so is, you know, the financial markets and what that's going to do. Cause we really don't have control over that. And that's just mm -hmm. going to, you take it for what it is and pivot accordingly. What are some of your non-negotiables? Hmm. In my personal life or just in business? Both. I love it. Um, Start I, personal. So I guess uh, personal and business negativity. Like I just don't do, I don't do well with that. Um, I, I think things really affect me easy because I don't watch the news. I don't. So when I, when I, when there's negativity, it, it I, I would say it affects me probably more than, if I was, I guess, more active in watching negative stuff. Um, so negativity, I, I don't do well with um, ethics, like people doing unethical stuff. Like I just, I have zero tolerance for that. Um, I don't care if they're doing 30 deals or 200 deals. If they do something that's unethical, I just don't want them around. I want them out of my life, nowhere around me, because I just, I have zero tolerance for that. Um, treating other people like, like, how they want to be treated. Like that's super important to me. Like I, I can't stand when people are like condescending 
um, that just drives me crazy for no reason, you know, or come across arrogant to other people. I don't, I don't like that either. Um, doing the right thing. I just, I, that's super important to me. And we all have our own version of what the right thing is. Right. But as long as there's no ill intent, right. So if someone's doing the wrong thing with ill intent, that's not okay. If they're doing the wrong thing, but they had good intent and they just didn't know that's a different conversation. So I would say those, those are the ones I could think of off the top of my head. What's your schedule look like? Ooh, right now it's a hot mess. Um, for me right now, I start my day, I wake up typically 515, 530s kind of, I found that that's a, a good space for me to wake up. I've tried to push because you hear, oh, wake up at four or 430 or 330. And some people it probably works fantastic for me. If I push past five to wake up, I found that by about 1030, I start getting like kind of just tired, you know, and I'm not functioning at a high level. So for me right now, um, 515, I wake up, have my coffee, have water, go to the gym. Um, and that's something new that I implemented, something that I gave up for probably like, gosh, probably like seven or eight years. I just let myself go. I was just all work had every excuse to not work out. And then finally I was like, I gotta start taking care of myself. You know, I'm getting older. I need to get in shape. I'm tired of being out of shape. And before you know it, sometimes you don't even realize you're out of shape. And then you look at yourself and you're like, what the hell happened? Um, so the gym I've been really like committed to the last probably seven or eight months. Um, so I'm four or five days a week typically um, in the gym. So I go to the gym, come back home, uh, make sure my daughter is ready for school. Um, then I head to the office when I come in the office, typically, um, depending on if I have meetings and stuff like that, I find myself the last, I would say the last really last six months, I've really been putting energy into, um, trying to meet with all of our agents. Um, like I've always had it in my schedule where any of the agents can book on my calendar on, uh, Wednesdays and Fridays. I have like three or three or four appointments open for like one-on-ones. And that's been really helpful. But now I'm trying to up that and really get on the offense of meeting with them. So like today, I think I have like six or seven of them kind of back to back with this in between it. Um, so I find myself right now, I'm doing a lot of those type meetings. Um, and then just putting out fires most of the day, you know, helping agents work through deals, helping them put deals together. Um, I like to be really involved, like all my team when they write an offer, and you probably experienced this, when my team agents write an offer, they BCC me on every single offer. So if I know the agent, I'm calling them or shooting them a text or an email or whatever, Instagram message, like, hey, we just wrote an offer on this. Can you help me out? Um, and that's been really helpful in getting more transactions done and accepted. Uh, what are you reading? Or like what if there's mm. like, like, how do you pick what you read? Perfect. So the two, so I do audio books. I've tried to read. I'm just horrendous. I just can't well, sit can't still. Better, yeah. I'm, just, I'm trying, I'm committed to books are trophies for the, the audio books I've listened to. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have some of the books I have like hardcover, but then I download it on audio because yeah, I, and the you can tell chapter. the book's never been opened. Yeah. Um, so what I actually like to do, and this may seem odd, but what I found for myself is audiobook at the gym which sounds weird because I know people like to listen to music and stuff I do like the same that. Thing. No. It, fuel, it fuels your mind. Like while you're yeah. getting your body going, like you yes. hear that thing that like you're working through problems and you're just like, aha, you have that aha moment yeah. where you're like, oh shit, Ch changes your perspective. Like, for sure, yeah. And then when you're done, you're like, this is awesome. I worked my body out and I worked my mind out. Ready I feel great in an hour. I feel amazing and I'm ready for the day. Um, so the two, my two most recent ones that I'm actively going through, which I just finished, Die With Zero. I don't know if you guys have read that book. It's amazing. Mm -mm. Um, 
really good book. And then the other one I am reading right now is um, Who, Not How. Okay. So instead of like focusing on how to get to a goal, it's like, who do I need to get there? Damn. So it's a really good book. So you guys actually may want to. Oh, yeah. Right oh, now where you're at. That's why I asked. The list. Yeah. So those two are are the two active ones that I'm diving deep into, especially that who, not how, because right now where the business is, it's really actually one of my staff members gave it to me. That's cool. And was like, you need to read this. So I like that. Yeah. I've committed. I'm going to put this on camera <laughs> to two of my peers that I will read a book in a month. I've made it like eight pages and I'm supposed to read like eight pages. a day. Are you reading or audio? I'm Ooh, reading, reading. Yeah. which is hard. Is it because you want to read or it's challenge. I, is that the challenge? It's okay. a challenge. It's the challenge because I have been told there's something with reading for the mind. Mm. It's like working out and for the so mind. I always try. And That's how I feel about it. <laughs> I, it's, I, that, you made me feel better, but I'm still going to do the yeah. thing because I've been told my mom's an avid reader, like, and she shoved it down my throat. And I think that's why I don't prefer reading. Mm -hmm. It's like painful for me but i like to do things that are really hard so that i grow so yeah. i am trying to i am going that's to good this book i good. i'm good and i will report back to you guys because i'm going to do it by the end of the month i love it all right i'm gonna have to add that to my list of challenging myself to read oh, it's painful i'm like i try to get through some of my favorite books like thinking girl which is one of my favorite books i don't think i've ever made it cover to cover mm. I've listened to it a hundred times. Like yeah. I've, I, I can recite the book pretty much like verbatim. I can tell you what part of the book you're in based off of like what line you read. Comprehension as well is as well because mm. the way my mind works. But yeah. audio, when I read. I do the audio and see That's when I detailed I like cars. Like I had my one of my guys I detailed cars for. He told me to listen to a bunch of people, and I listened to all those people on audio while I worked all day and watched awesome. cars. It was just so like my mind was fed at such a young age and. Well, I was like out working all day in the heat and I just was just feeding my mind with like good people, good talks, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Zig Ziglar, um, Jim Rohn. It was just so cool um, listening. But one of my biggest challenges is going to be the book thing and actually reading an actual book. It's like sitting down and reading a book when as busy as we are, like it's, it's really hard to stay focused yeah. and have that time for yourself. Because like when I'm home, I'm like, I want to be there with Jamie. I want to be present and I'm already doing all the stuff during the day. So finding time for yourself like that and same thing with the gym i think that's awesome you're doing that because uh yeah if you just focus on work there's so much to do you'll find like i'll find myself i'll pull up to the gym and like leave i'm like oh i gotta do this and like i will go to the gym yeah. and leave sometimes because yeah. it's just like my brain can't do it like if i'm not there before the sun's up like i have these weird things yeah. and it's like my brain will find every reason why i like can't be there right sure now. I, I i struggle with that too actually mondays i always struggle getting to the gym because we have our uh team meeting on monday mornings and it's not any sooner than I get to the office, but for some reason I'm like, no, I have to get to the office earlier. And I feel like the gym is going to throw me off. So I don't know if it's an excuse to not go to the gym. Cause it's not that I don't want to, I think it's more just the uh, preparation for the meeting and stuff like that. And maybe, maybe not as prepared as I should be. And then I probably, but I, for some reason I'm like, I'm going to be late to the meeting. <laughs> like I have to, I just can't go to the gym on Mondays. So I've just, funny. Yeah, it's just, funny. just an odd a little behavior that I have, one of my many. How do you balance family, children, work, mm. like advice to a future parent? Not currently. How have you in the past? Because now it sounds like you're shifting your business where that may, yeah. may be a little bit different. But in the past, um, like doing seven, you know, 
doing as many transactions you do with your team and building and you know being there it takes a lot of energy and yeah. time i think um a good learning lesson for me was when um, i was previously married so my daughter's with um from my ex-wife and when i got oh. divorced i had 50 50 custody so i don't have family in town i don't have anyone here uh, at the time so i was gonna have 50 percent custody of a four-year-old so I was like, how am I going to do this with work and all that? Um, but what I found is that I was actually more effective on the weeks that I had her because had I had a short up. window of time that I could get stuff done. So I would just, I just found my way to do it. I just knew that it was, Hey, it's a commitment. Like, um, you know, I have a commitment to the business. I have a commitment to my daughter. I have a commitment to my wife and my soon to be born son. I'm going to have, a commitment to him so like it's all individual commitments that i have to all of them and you know i've definitely struggled with it but i one thing i can say is every single thing that my daughter has had no matter what it is something at school 100 percent, i'm there every single time oh i love it i see not that's a non-negotiable for me there yeah non-negotiable i'm there every single time now can i say i'm present every single time when i'm with my daughter no i and i hate that right like there's times where i'm just i got a million different things going on in my head and I should be focused on exactly what I'm doing, but I'm thinking about other stuff. But at least I always make sure that for, for those, you know, an hour out of work, whether it's midday first, like she had something at the park the other day where it was like, uh, uh, they had like Nerf guns and shooting each other. Like I'm, I'm there. Like I want to be there. I want to, I don't want her to ever look back and be like, Oh, my dad was never there. My dad never showed up. Oh yeah, cool. Yeah. He did well in work, but he was never there. Like I know that that's the most important thing is to be, there and to be present um but it's definitely a struggle like you know anytime you have a lot of stuff going on it's hard and right now you know with my wife like she's beyond helpful like she is like the best bonus mom that anyone could have like she she takes my daughter to school every single day picks her up from school every single day like literally treats her like you know she's her daughter so that, that that's like that partnership of like what her and i have like that's really important you know because it would be tough for me right now if I had to take her to school every day and then pick her up at three o'clock at school and then, you know, entertain her and make sure she's doing her homework and all that stuff. Like it, it allows me that flexibility, having a good partner. So making sure like with Jamie that you guys have good conversations on expectations. And that's probably something I didn't do in a previous relationship of, I didn't know you don't have those conversations, right? But under, you both understanding of, hey, what is what is our roles? You know, of course we're one, right? We both have responsibilities to give a hundred percent to the relationship, but what roles are we going to have? You know, like how is this, what does this look like? So we're both on the same page and it's going to be learning for both of you because you've never done it before. Yeah. But you'll figure it out. It's like anything else, right? Like you'll, you'll figure it out and there'll be times in your life where maybe you're slacking a little bit as a dad and you're doing a little bit better in business and you got to kind of pull back and, readjust but i think the biggest thing is showing up show up to every single thing like that's what kids remember right oh 100 you're there you know and that the one time you're not there they're going to remember that oh here so. oh yeah. <laughs> i do yeah i worked but that's exactly, why yeah. that's why i think it's so amazing i remind her in a positive way and i'm like you know what isn't it so fucking cool that you weren't there and you weren't able to be there because you worked weekends and you had to work for the builder and now we can spend every day together we spend How fucking cool that is really we cool. We spend seven days a week together. I was like, nobody spends more time with their parents than I yep. spend with my mom. And it's not just like a mom son thing. Like we have the we have these two roles. We have like mom and son, and we have you're my business partner. And 
you have to like switch roles in the day because like the business partner we're going to each other's throats like you know this has to get done like we needed this to change here's a problem like stuff like that and then we have the mom son like hey let's go to lunch like let's enjoy ourselves yeah that's awesome like and so that's i think it's so cool our relationship and i feel like spoiled like i cheated life and i got to that's enjoy, awesome. enjoy you know, that's super cool i can tell you with with my parents i so i moved i moved out of my house when i was i think i was 19 or 18 maybe when i moved out and got my own place and they were still living in new york but they moved to florida and they thought i was going to go with them but i ended up coming here um so i would when i was younger i would you know fly to florida or new york and see them but the reality is i only see them now they're retired um so they'll come out like they're here right now so they're here for two weeks so i'll take some time off work but some like today i got a full schedule and um but i only see them really twice a year and now it's for longer periods of time two weeks or three weeks they'll come here and but i'll go there only for four or five days but i saw something online that was like uh like if you only saw say you only saw your parents two weeks a year and say they're 70 and they live for 15 more years, like think about how much time the seven and a half months left you have with them. Like that's, that's pretty crazy that's to think about that, but you get to see your mom every day and spend time with her. That's cool that you guys have that relationship. That's awesome. You know, I never growing up, I didn't have a super tight relate. Like my parents are great parents, but probably because I was so shy and quiet and timid. And then my brother and sister were the opposite, like super outgoing. I didn't really have a strong I didn't have a bad relationship with them, but I didn't have a relationship with them. So as I got older, then we started building a relationship. But the reality is I only see them a couple weeks a year. Yeah. And what sucked the past eight or 10 years is I was so busy with work that, again, I was there. But was I present? Probably not. So you lose all that time. So it is a blessing that you guys get to spend so much time with each other. Oh, yeah. We're blessed for sure. So when I remind you, it's a good thing. Oh, <laughs> I, you could take a little breaks from each other, you know, a couple of days. That's okay. Right. Vacations. It's so funny <laughs> because like Jamie's like, you just left her all day and you're on the phone with her again. Like sometimes <laughs> like we set the phone down and we forget the person's on the phone. Oh that's yeah. It's because we're like, sometimes we're working and like we forget we're on and she's like, are you still on FaceTime with your mom? I was like, are you there? She's like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> like 30 minutes nobody's talking that's pretty funny it is yeah we i don't regret like giving him the lifestyle and like i got raced dirt bikes and she was working in sales floor on the weekend she was never so paid she would pay people to take me to the track to that's go cool. ride dirt. like it was the coolest thing ever and i'm like I, I always made it happen i wasn't there though yeah so, well like, i mean sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do right yeah. she's Single mom supported me and, you know, made yeah. me feel like I had dual income. I didn't want him to ever feel a single mom income. That's cool. So I strive to produce, like, a dual income off of a single woman, you know? And now he's like, Mom, just quit your job and come work with me. That's awesome. So That's where he gets the hustle from. Yeah. Seeing you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I also had him watch The Secret Eight and start vision boarding then. So, yeah. like ahead of me now he's my mentor I, in that aspect and like the visualization the manifestation in that realm like i have that world like dialed in mm-hmm. but like there's so many other things outside of that that i have to learn other people you know managing people like that's been one of you know my biggest learning lessons is learning how to manage people and like you said uh, understanding different personality types i understand not everybody's going to be me yeah. And I, I shouldn't expect that out of them. I just want to expect the best version of themselves. And the only way I can do that is by showing up for the best version of me and, you know, pouring out into their cup as much as I can. Yep. 
Yeah, and just know that it's a it's a process, right? Like we're all still learning every day. There's I no mean, road. Now. I come across stuff every day, and I'm like, whoa, how do I handle that? You right. Know? Or where where do I go from here? Um, and so there's how when that happens. That's what I was gonna ask. Ooh, that's that's a good question. So um, for brokerage type stuff, like when it's like a broker type question, um, I have a really good relationship with Dave Tina Jr. So we chat. You know, he's been super supportive and helpful with you know when I first opened the brokerage and things like that. Um, call him if it's if it's like a business type question. I'll usually run it past one of the two of my coaches. Um, or I'll just start doing research on what, what to do in these type scenarios. And if it's, you know, a law type question, I don't have the answer to, I'll typically call my attorney or reach out to, you know, our company attorney. Um, but yeah, that's like worst, worst case scenario, but I've learned with like most stuff can be worked through. Oh yeah. Like, like we rarely knock on wood ever have to really consult with the attorney. Cause usually we can work through it. Yeah. So, but yeah, any of those questions, I always have a couple like go to, um, people, you know, people in the industry that are already doing it, that have done it, that have seen more stuff than I've seen, um, you know, and just ask the question. Right. So, and I do the same for other people here in town that reach out to me and, you know, oh, like I'm, you've been a wealth of knowledge to me. Like, I can't thank you enough for like just being an amazing human being. And like, you just, you're like Superman in my world as far as real estate, like, Thank you. You're a, a great family man. You run an amazing business. You're, you're just all around. You're just, I feel like you're good people. And, you know, I, I respect your hustle and I, and I really value, you know, you taking the time to help other people out. Cause I think that, you know, there needs to be more people like that in the world. And I hope to do that for some other people as well. You Thank know, you. What you've done for me. And I really appreciate that. Cause you had, you sat down at lunch to have lunch with us and, you know, I mean, I think that was the first time we met and like, it, it felt like I already knew you and you just, you, the fact you took your time out of your day to meet with somebody that had enough, no direct ROI to you. And you just did it out of the kindness of your heart just to meet with us. And I think that was awesome. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've had plenty of people. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I've had plenty of people that have, have done that for me. And I feel like that's what we're supposed to do. Right. Like, like, and to me, that's like, fills my cup. Like, Hey, if I can help someone and sometimes you help someone with, you don't even think you said anything that sticks, but, or anything that's really beneficial, but you never know what they needed at that point. And maybe they caught just something that you said that changes their whole, you know, direction on where they're going with their business or, or whatever, you know? So I, I think we owe it, especially like for me, my big thing right now is like, I want to make our industry better. Like that's really important to me. And the only way we make it better is by having better people. And what I think helping each other um, and really it starts from like the top down, right? So like for me, I always laugh because most like brokers here in town, right? They, they complain about the quality of how agents are and how they act and what they do, but they hire them. So they think about the dollar first. So they're hiring these people, but then they complain about it. So I'm committed to not hiring those people. Like we're, we're not going to hire those people that don't do things the right way, that don't love the business and want to be in the business and better the business. We don't hire those people. I don't care how much, I don't care if they by default do X amount of transactions. They're not going to be at our brokerage because they're not making the business better. So I love the business. Like it literally has changed my life. I, I, I love real estate. So it's, we, we owe it to keep it good. So I don't know. I have a really good friend that's in the industry. I won't name his name because what I'm about to say, but he had the best idea. He's like, I think 
you know, like when you call for job references, mm -hmm. I think that we should, he's like, I think as brokers, because he's a broker as well, that we should have like a thing where we call the other broker to find out like why they weren't with them anymore. So mm -hmm. that we eliminate the bad agents in this town. So that yeah. we get rid of them. And nobody takes them, right? Right. Then nobody <laughs> oh, takes them and then they can't continue to do business and give us a bad name. You know, yeah. like, I was like, that's brilliant. Um, if you could give your younger self an advice, what would it be? Mm. I would say, um, hmm. I would say definitely make sacrifices, right? To get where you want to go, but at the same time, have a little bit more balance, right? Make sure that you're not focusing too much time on things that aren't important. Um, and then as far as from like a real estate standpoint is like really just you got to get in front of people, right? Like you have to go after it and get in front of people. You can't sit and wait. So you got to find a way to get in front of people. So whether it's your buying business, you're doing open houses, you're making calls, you got to figure out whatever, whatever you need to do to get in front of the most amount of people is how you're going to be successful. And whatever you're uncomfortable with or you're afraid of doing, just do it. And the quicker you do it, the better you're going to get and the more success you're going to have. So like I have, we have agents in our office that had a far high, higher level of success their first year or two than I ever had because I pushed them and they got coaching and they pushed themselves to go do these things that I was scared to do my first year or two. So I wasted two years being afraid instead of just taking action. So really just going after it, but enjoying yourself too, right? You have to, like you, you have to sacrifice, but there needs to be some sort of balance, right? You need to be able to go out and do fun stuff and be uh, a 19, 20 year old kid or 22 year old kid and go out and have fun. But there's, you know, you, there's a balance, right? Be serious about your business, but go have fun too. Mm, thanks for having me. No, I love, I love pushing myself out of the comfort zone. It's good. So you're going to read a book? Can't uh, promise you. That I don't one. know about the book, but I want to see you on video more. Yeah. I saw you do the video stuff and I think you should definitely expand that. Yeah. I'm slowly. In any way I can help in doing that. Cause this is my world and I've done this and I've figured out how. You want to come in here? We'll help you. Yeah. You can record in here and whatever you need. However awesome. I can help you. Just, I might take you up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing those, uh, those little market updates and those, they're way outside of my comfort zone. But you know, I tell all the agents like, Hey, you gotta be on video. And if I'm not doing it myself, then it's not fair. Right. Yeah. Oh, I have 100%. to so I'm gonna tell them I need to do it. So I, I've had people reach out and say, I want to like work with you because of how good you are on video, like collaborate, blah, blah, blah. But what they don't know is if they scroll far enough back in my Instagram, because I like to be as authentic as hell. Oh my God, yeah. hands, gang signs. Like, like, <laughs> I'm like, what are you doing with your hands? But like, cause I'm a top, you can tell I yeah. my hands. So they would like raise cause I would try like not to move them when we first start, but he would make me record every single oh, that's video. good or youtube like some of the videos of there us arguing the audio's off the music's too loud like it's a hot mess but we did it it was like getting those reps and it makes you better and stronger oh like, for sure and then now it's just like it's effortless for me it's like my comfort zone i'm almost like more comfortable in front of a camera than i am in front of a human being mm, that's and, interesting and so like i have to push myself outside of my comfort zone to get in front of people because you throw the camera out and I'll, I'll talk all the you get me in front of a person i'm like I'm a whole different person because I'm, yeah. you know, and I just like my, my introvert comes out. It's, it's funny to watch it happen. And then I have to like fight that. Like I have to fight, fight the, it's crazy. Like me being who I am and like people are like, oh yeah, isn't it so easy for you? I was like, no, I just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's not easy. Like I still get nervous to make calls. Like yeah. I have to like, like I have to like get prepared to do that. And you know, yeah. like sometimes it's just like I get ready to get ready and sometimes just like rip it off and make the call. 
you know? So that's, it's interesting seeing people, they're like, oh, isn't it so easy for you? I'm like, no, I just do it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I think, I mean, videos, video, social media is so, so powerful. Like there's just the opportunities that can come from it are just unreal. And I know that. And there's just, we just don't, I don't do it consistently, but it is something that I'm committed to. Now I, I'm eliminating all of my excuses. Oh, I have listing appointments. I have, you know, I don't need to do that. I don't, so now it's like, okay, now I have Same time. time that I could start doing this. Um, and even like our market update videos, like I can't, I don't even watch it. Like I can't watch no, it back. Don't, yeah. I don't watch my videos. <laughs> so I don't, like, but that's the key yeah. to it is like, don't go back and look for the likes, go back yeah. and then just, just put it, put out, it there, out there, let yeah. it, let it do its thing. And then as you get better, like the only reason I watch stuff now is so that I don't copy the content that I've already done. Yeah. You know, like, or is this what message I want to put out today? Cause like, I'm trying to rebrand myself a little bit with the lending stuff. Cause like mm-hmm. I'm really pivoting to that side of the yep. business and stepping out of the real estate side of the business. Cause I really love it and enjoy it. Uh-huh. And so like, I was like, I want to do an, an announcement video and you know, they're like, no, you just need to put out more, more. lender stuff. So that's yeah. what I've been doing. So I just, that's awesome. It's, she loves loans. Like oh, loves, I, I love yeah. real estate. Like I love it. Like I, I love like every aspect of it. Like I love looking at houses. I love negotiating deals. I love the art of the deal. I love changing people's perception on what the transaction looks like and guiding them through that process. She's like, five million dollar house. Why do they have this small of a closet? Like it doesn't make sense. Like doesn't even like care. Yeah. Realize where we're at. And like, but she does the loan stuff and it fills her cup. She's like, I love it. The numbers and we got it figured out. And That's helping awesome. agents get deals. And it makes done. perfect sense for you guys' setup too. Oh, it worked so. out totally because the clients get both of us and in, in the facets we belong in yep you know and it took that pivot and it was uncomfortable i told her when she came back from vacation i was like um your position's been relieved until you pass your loan license because she was doing all the lenders jobs and not getting paid for it. i'm like you're managing them like they're a five-year-old like checking on them like all day like why don't you you're doing the work for them you're might as well get paid for it and she's like you know what i'm gonna do it because she likes a good challenge well she passed on the first time and it happened so fast and i was like now I have double the work with half the help. I'm like, oh shit, really didn't think that one. <laughs> and, but it made me grow and, you know, and then she's learning a whole new thing. So I can't even complain about me doing That's double awesome. work because she's over here learning a whole new thing, but she's doing really good at it. And I'm That's glad really cool. she's in her zone. So yeah. what's next for you with the brokerage? Um, really just separating the two of us and growing uh, my team. Like, like one of the things you told me that really stuck with me is, make sure my production stays up. And I think I, for a moment, I was like, so focused on building my agents. I was like, oh shit, I need to like focus on my production and yep. the clients and the people that I built. Cause you know, I, all these people that have, you know, trusted me to, you know, help them out and help them repeatedly. Like, you know, your people that are just diehard Craig's want to work with Craig and, you know, really servicing those people on a high level in addition to mm-hmm. helping my team yeah. grow. That's how you're going to attract good people too, right? When they see, your name more often, more business, then you start attracting better and better people. I think the days of I have a brokerage and I'm the broker and I want to hire people are over. Like people want to work with people that are, like I said, relevant in the business, that are still active or somewhat active in the business. They want to know that they, their their broker is has stuff going on and is relevant in the market too, right? Especially in this market because it's hard to get an offer accepted, but if they know DC and they're like, Oh, okay. You work with him. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Well, you know, we love working with you guys like that type stuff. That's, that's, right that's a, a game changer for the agents. And then they see even more value in working with you. So I think you keep focusing on your production and the rest will come. The Absolutely. right will come. You, you're better off with less people, higher quality people. Like our, that's our hundred right that now. we have are all 
organic, natural. They all have come to us. Not one bit of recruiting. Every single person has knocked on our door. And it wasn't just them. We went through 10 or 15 or 20 interviews to get to that one that we're like, hey, that's the right person. So that will start happening for you if it's not already. And you probably get some of it now, but it'll happen more and more often the more and more you do business and become more and more relevant in the market. So just keep doing that. And the videos, I think, will help you out a ton too because you're putting your stuff out there. People are seeing it. People are sharing it. So that will help you too. Um, but I think that was a big thing for us too when I opened the brokerage is that I already had you know, 15 years of doing a high volume of business where I already had credibility with other agents in the market. I built relationships with them. I treated them well. So they already knew that, oh, he's a nice guy. Now, did it take a while for them to probably watch and say, is he going to fall on his face as a broker or is he going to make it? Absolutely. And I would do the same, right? You don't, you don't just jump on with someone because, oh, yeah, they're nice and they do business, right? But just because you do business doesn't mean you can run a brokerage. Absolutely. And I had quite a few people, even brokers that I know here in town that don't know that I know that they told me I was going to fall on my, told other people he's never going to make it. He's going to fall on his face because he doesn't know how to run a business. He just knows how to sell. So it's people are going to watch and see what you can do and what you do before they make a decision to come work for you. But you got to keep your business up so that you stay relevant. The moment you start pulling off of that, it's going to get harder and harder for you to add agents to your company. And at some point you may shift, but I mean, I was still, we had last year, we had what, 70 something agents at the company, like super active agents. Um, and I still did almost a hundred transactions. So you can make, you can do it. You just got to be good with your time. Um, be effective when you are working, but it's possible to do all of it. Like most people say, Oh no, you're either a broker or you're no, you could do both. And see, that's what I want to do. I want to be producing and I want you yeah. to can respect me because I'm in the market out annihilating mm -hmm. with them. And I want people, like you said, you, the, the culture when they come in the office, you know, they all, like-minded like they're all putting in deals they're all you know a, a lot you know aligned with the vision and you know they want to be here they want to show up for themselves they want to max out what they're able to do and whatever that is for them you know mm -hmm. um and just having people around like that's super important to me so quality over quantity for yep. sure like uh, people are like oh don't you don't you want more people in your company i was like no i want the right people at my company yep. until you know i'm not just looking to fill up my office with people they're like well you could have more you, why don't you just I'm like no i don't i don't want like you said you don't want people around the, you know, don't align. Yep. We're not looking for numbers. Yeah. We're and you'll have like this exciting, like shift in your business too, as you, as you start adding more people where you'll see them and you'll be even more motivated to do more business. Cause you'll be so excited about them that it'll force you or want, make you want to do more with your business. And I don't know when it happened, like in mine, it wasn't in the beginning, but it was probably like maybe a couple of years ago where it was like, Oh my God, these people are motivating me to want to do more. They're pushing me to do more. That's cool. Because I'm here to lead, right? And if I'm going to say, hey, it's possible to do this many transactions, then I better find my way there first versus just saying it, mm -hmm. you know, as a broker, like, oh yeah, you could do 50. Here's what you got to do, but they've never done it before. Well, I'm, I'm going to do, attempt to do everything that agents want to do so that I can show them the path to do it. And that makes it even more exciting and more fulfilling. Yeah, watching agents grow is really cool because all, I mean, so cool. all of our agents are, you know, that we've built are, are new agents. We, you know, we, we have a couple, you know, of our, like our commercial guy, he's, you know, experienced and he's been in a while, but we've, I, watching people grow from like nothing to something has been absolutely one of the coolest yeah. experiences ever. Like from no deals, not knowing how to talk real estate to like talking real estate, taking buyer appointments, taking listings, like 
and just seeing like the excitement it like it it like relights my fire it's it's, yeah it's so cool yeah it's 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 amazing like even seeing them roll up in a brand new car when they were or you know buying their first house or, or buying their first investment property um like i have people like john sullivan i mean he started with me as a brand new agent Oh, really? He came from England, started as a brand new agent on my team, and he crushed it his first year. He stayed on my team, I think, for a year and a half or two and a half years. I don't know, uh, maybe two and a half years. Then he went out on his own. So now I get to see him operate on his own. Then he hires staff. Then he hires assistants. Now he's, you know, buys a new house. He's building a house with Blue Heron right now. Like, just like seeing that and like, and it's not because of me. It's It was his work, his effort. He made it happen, but seeing that and being a part of that, like, because actually, I have chills right now saying it, like, that's how much it means to me, how exciting it is to see him go from, I know nothing about real estate. I don't even know a person or very few people in the United States and to build that business like that. That's awesome. And like, we've had agents in the office buying their first, their fifth, their 10th investment property. Like, that's so cool. They literally change their life and I get to watch it and have a little small part in it which is to me, that's super fulfilling. That's awesome. What are some of your big goals for this year? Ooh, so we have uh, our big goal and our plan is to do a billion in sales with a hundred people. That. So, and we're, we're going to like, we're doing it. Like we're, we're, uh, I would say we're, we're slightly behind right now, but based on last year, like we're we're on pace to do it. So um, a billion in sales. I mean, we literally went through and talked to every single person in the office to find out what their plan was and what their goal is. So you know And you every single one of them are part of our board. So you could see it. So you can see what everybody's stuff is. So we're holding everybody accountable. We have a big board in the office. We have individual sheets that we posted for every single person to put on their door. Like we're going to be, we're going to be the first company with that little people to do a billion in sales. So, and I'm uber confident that it's going to happen. No, I think you'll do it. Yeah. So that, and then, um, for me personally, like investment wise, like my goal every month this year is to either buy a house or pay a house off every other month. So I'm excited about that one. That's That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. And then, uh, personally, I mean, just, you know, get to be a dad again. That's awesome. Congratulations. um, Yeah. So I'm super pumped about that and excited for you guys too. But yeah, we've, it's been, uh, a long road for us, but we are, uh, we're, we're super excited about it. So that's, uh, I, I guess that's like the one, like that's, that's the goal. <laughs> When's the baby due? July 15th. Cancer? Or do you know that stuff? No. Uh, <laughs> I know I'm a Sagittarius. If that, if that counts as anything. So just to help you with the video, to give you some motivation, 98% mm-hmm. of my business comes from Instagram. Mm, that's really cool. And that's, from people that like, know, and trust me or just have been referred to me to Instagram. I don't that's manage awesome. my Facebook very much anymore. And that's I not Facebook pushed. ads. That's not that's like, totally that's 110% organic, organic posting or traffic warnings on the freeways and shit. And like, just the it drives dumbest. me crazy that I do that. But people love it. And like being, I think there's something to be said about being your authentic self on social media because people are going to magnetize you and you're going to attract the right people in your business. And like, you know, it's amazing to see the people we have in our, like as clients now, like they're just so appreciative. And I'm like the quality of clients we have like have right now is just so amazing. It fills my cup working with every one of my clients. Cause like I set a standard for what I'm willing to deal with. And like, if they don't align so with cool. me, I don't, I don't work with clients. I don't give them my time. That's, that's my everything. Yeah. Somebody else that wants it deserves it. You know, somebody yeah. else that is really going to take it take my advice and go with it and like run with it. And 
you know, those are the people I want to work with. And because we work with a lot of buyers, yeah. so they have to listen. Mm. Oh, and see, I love that you guys said or are telling me that that much business came from oh, yeah. Instagram because I've always been curious, right? Like you see people on social media and sometimes the business doesn't line up to exactly what they say or what they're doing. But um, I've always been curious, like how much Metrics. business do people actually get? Like, are they truly getting business or do they get like one deal or so we it's built cool our to business hear that. off of social media. That's awesome. Single handedly built our social. Well, I think that's really, that's how I'm familiar with you guys. Right. I mean, other than we get our, we go to the same barber, but but you said something very important and you're like, whatever the way, what, whatever the way is that the most people you can get in front of, how do you do that? Sure. I'm doing it with social media. That's my tool. You know, I've never really, I've never got on the phones. She doesn't call. I don't call, but you get me on a phone call and I'm a fucking lethal weapon. Mm -hmm. So that's maybe something I should challenge myself to do because I've never done it. I've never had to. I have an abundance of business, but it's like. You know, if I'm going to have my agents get on the phones and, you know, have them do that, I, I need to do it myself. Sure. So that's the one of the things I'm, I think I'm going to. Are you going to commit to that? Yeah, that's yeah. going to be it. I think that's good Every to Every podcast add. I tried to commit to something, so that's going to be my yeah. commitment. So maybe me. just add that extra, you know, leg to your business, right? Like I it mean, doesn't... I don't even know what that looks like. I've, I've never even He's looked never at a script. It. Like, I've, I have no fucking idea. But I know, like, when you get on, a, on the call with somebody, like, there is some structure and stuff. But, like, I'm just trying to extract how I can help. Sure. But you have to break down that barrier. And I'm usually really good at that. But, like, I have no idea what that even looks yeah. like. I think you have the right mindset with it, though, that the, the script's great, right? Like, I think scripts, you internalize them so you have structure in the conversation. But you got to be yourself and you got to – the key is that you listen, Right. And that's a mistake I think a lot of agents make is that when they're making calls, they're going through a script and they're more focused on what am I going to say next versus what did they just say and how do I help them? So if you have that same mentality, but you definitely need a some sort of structure <laughs> of like, OK, if I get nervous, at least I know the next question to ask. ask for the I'll just throw that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think that that's really important. But I, I realize how important like social is and how how much access it gives you like I've. Like I just bought a property in Huntsville, Alabama, and I found it in a wholesalers group in Huntsville, and I built a relationship with the guy, um, and now he's sending me more opportunities, and you know, like that's on social media, um, and I bought probably three or four or five other properties literally through social media, so I know it's powerful. Um, so I, I do believe that the the video is. Super powerful for you. I just figured business. I'd share that metric. I love I'm, it. Yeah. Most I'm people don't know that. They're like, on you're metrics. full of shit. Like, you yeah. know, there's no way. How much do you guys spend at ad spend? I was like, I'll run ads. I'll get a thousand, Daniel couple thousand leads a month. I, run zero. I can tell you the metrics on it. Super easy for me to do that. But people actually have to pick up the phones. They have to call. They have to do that. See, that I've done. You know, the, the Facebook stuff, but like actual cold calls and like reaching out to people have never done that. But it's uh, it's interesting seeing like how much business comes from it. And, you know, from the organic versus the paid. Yeah. Like I can pay for ads all the I've time. But especially for people you know. I mean, now now you're relevant to them. Now you, they know that you're the go-to versus if you just stay quiet and you're, you know, secret agent, then they oh, don't know to utilize you. That's yeah. why I have to put the loan stuff out there because not many people know. They know me as the real estate agent. Mm-hmm. They don't know me as the lender. It's awesome. Super cool. Love hearing that. Yeah. Well, I'm very much about like show me the data. Like yeah. I like same with me. Like, yeah. Give me some so, numbers that affiliate with. Okay, you did this many videos and you took one listing from it and made three buyer sales. Awesome. So pretty Love much every that. time I post a video, I should get one to three clients. So cool. They reach out to me like, hey, 
you know, I'm looking to sell or, hey, you know, we're looking for a rental and the, the rental turns into them doing a buyer appointment here and then we get them on a plan for next year. Or, hey, you know, I'm interested in selling my house. What do you think you can get for it? And then I go take a look at it and it's just, that's how it happens. And sometimes I get nothing, but, you know, like when I do post and, you know, the content's relevant or somebody liked it, you know, t- you have typically like one post equals about two to three people reaching out in some facet. Like when I'm actually posting as far as like a, a post on Instagram, like an actual post on my feed, because I don't post like it every day. It's not consistent enough. So I notice when I do post, I get response from it, you know, and, and how do I what's got your, on his ass? Because I was like, your business has slowed. Uh, when was the last time you posted on Instagram? Yeah, you saw it recently. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, shit. I'm like, I need to start posting more. Yeah. Like, I'm telling all my... Let's oh. get that in the schedule. So that's why I have to start... Like, got all this beautiful equipment. That's This it. guy here. Exactly. Yeah. A lot of people know me. Like, don't get that confused. Like, because I've been in the business for so long. Mm-hmm. But because I stay top of mind on Instagram when they think real estate... They call I don't you. have to do mailers or calls or follow-ups or anything like that with mm-hmm. them. Because they just reach out. It's so awesome. I post. And I don't, I wouldn't say mine isn't it, is as good, but I'm more consistent about posting. Yeah. And, and that's all that matters, right? The consistency for the most part. Content's got to be good, but consistency. Yeah, I'm consi- I'm pretty consistent. I If I don't post every day, it's every a couple days. Mm-hmm. And I don't have like a posting thing because I've tried that. And the I don't schedule. Like it's organic. Mm-hmm. I don't no. like scheduling it. I literally, when I think of posting, I, I'm like, okay, a I've kind of done like something pretty on my Instagram right now. So like, is it a video and a picture or is it a quote? Because I love quotes. And so I just turned them into something pretty mm-hmm. so that I can share those quotes as opposed to just story sharing. And then like, I'll mm-hmm. share it in my story so somebody knows I have a new post. But other than that, it's just posting or awesome. face-to-face, like pulling out the camera and talking to people. I like it. People like the organic stuff over the paid stuff all day. Yeah, because he does pay yeah. and I don't. And I'll notice like people will see my stuff, but they won't reach out to me. And they're like, oh yeah, I saw your stuff, but they never reach out. You know, they they looked they looked to me as like this icon. They looked to me, but they didn't like look to me to. No, they. What is the thing I say? There's not the trust. They just looked at it and saw they the video. They looked at me as this person, like that. oh, like but they didn't look to me to like they to look up to him. They looked to me. Mm. So like they would look they up reach- to me as that person, but they wouldn't look to me to guide them to that. They're like, oh, yeah, you're that person. But, like, they wouldn't, you know, want me to go through their whole personal situation. And, you know, it's very personal going through people's finances and stuff like for that. Sure. You know, being somebody that knows so many people, it, it took years for people that knew me to start reaching out. Yep. I think it's funny. Everybody's like, oh, I'm going to post on social media. Everybody I know is going to reach out. No, like, it didn't work like that until I've been in the business six years, and now people – have built social proof and know that I've about the business and now they're starting to reach out to me because they've seen I've helped so many other people. Yeah. You know? I think that's the same thing for any like new agents too, where, you know, their friend goes and sells their house or family that does. Happened. Like I always warn them that, Hey, that's going to happen. You just got to accept it because they don't know you, right? Like you may, you may be cool in the, in the industry and everybody may know who you are and you may be the best bottle server in town, but you're switching to a whole new business and they don't, know you for that they don't trust you for that and that takes time and the only not only does it take time it takes um results so once you start showing people that hey i'm actually doing this i'm taking it serious and i'm getting results then they will give you a shot but until then you're still the person with serving bottles so until you prove they're not going to use you and you got to be okay with that you're going to lose deals they're not going to work with you they may ask you a question but then they're going to use someone else so it's just I always tell them part of the evolution. You have to be careful because, like, if you don't let people know that you're an agent, like, you cannot be a secret agent. I, mm-hmm. I know you 
slid over so that. But I'm like, you have to let people know. Yeah, what I got you're a doing. good one. Yeah. People still ask me if I detail cars. That's awesome. <laughs> people still ask me like, hey, can you come wash uh, detail my car? I, I, funny thing is, I had somebody that booked an appointment with me. I was a listing appointment. Show up to the house. I'm like, here. He's like, the cars are out front. The keys are in the front seat. I'm like, dude, dude you gotta be fucking kidding me right now. I drove all the way out to Henderson. Did you clean the cars? No, dude, I was in a suit. I mean, this is like a year ago. I showed up to his house. I'm like, hey, I'm here. That the is funny. Like, cars are out front. I'm like, oh my gosh, she thinks I'm here to wash dude, the cars. Dude, you couldn't have done anything else except for laugh on your way home. Dude, I just sat there. I was so dumbfounded. I was like, I really need to ask better questions. That is so funny. No pre-qualify. He no, just, I was like, you, you know want me to be? Yep, on like, my way. He's like, hey, can you come over? And, you know, I was like, absolutely. He's like, here's my address. I'm like, oh, boom, boom appointment i was like perfect i was like be right up <laughs> they need that to is too two, funny two things about it that but, is really funny well i, I appreciate you coming out man from well thank you day. man i appreciate you guys inviting me i'm excited about uh the opportunity although i i thought about dodging it but oh i know i, I respect you guys and <laughs> I, I wanted to for sure i appreciate you guys thinking of me for this absolutely and i yeah. think there's tons of people who can get value from you and you're you're somebody that's well respected in town i think um a lot of people will get a lot of value from this here in different side of you, especially some people that don't have the, the opportunity to sit sit next to you like we did. So Somebody told Daniel, broker is for broke. And the only person that knows how to do it in town is Craig Tan. So mm. you're going to fail. That's cool. Thank you. Well, you can <laughs> yeah. do it. Oh, no, I was told I was going to fail. Yeah, straight straight up, you know, and that's totally. That's good, though. Those are the ones that, that, that push you to figure it out. Right. And it's a, it's it really is like. You just figure it out along the way. There's no, because most brokers don't tell you what it's really like. It's not so, easy. It's, it really it's isn't. It's fucking brutal. And it's, <laughs> if you think, you know, listing property at a high level or working with a lot of buyers is tough, it's even tougher to work with so many different personalities and so many different people and with so many different goals and trying to understand where they're at and be accessible for them. And, you know, it's, it's, it's not easy. But Does it's, everybody it's get fun. along in your office? As far as I know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, you always have, you know, our offices, I would, I like to say it's like friendly competitive, right. but you're always going to have like, and, and I even went through it in my career. Like I, I look back and I'm like, oh, there's some agents that I was like, kind of like, I don't know if I like them, but really it was maybe envy or a little bit of jealousy or, you know, maybe they were ahead of me and doing a little bit more. And, you know, I was trying to figure out how to get to there. So you try and find something that you maybe don't like about someone when it's really not true and you just kind of fabricate it in your head. And then I've learned through like after meeting the people, I'm like, oh, they're super cool, super nice people, like good people. Um, and they have good intentions. So like, I think you always have that anytime you're in some sort of like sales environment of like, hey, how did they do that many this month? And, you know, I did a little bit less. And then, so I think you, you have, you'll always have that in some sort of sales environment that it's, but I like to say it's friendly competitive. You know, I think I watch our agents help each other out all the time and sit and take time to tell people what they're doing, which is what I love. But you, you know, you're just, you're just going to naturally have that with salespeople, you know? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And we all do it. You know, I, I can tell you, I look at every brokerage in town. I, I compare us to the bigger companies and I'm like, how do we, how do we beat a company that has 3000 agents with a hundred? I'm going to figure it out. Right. Is it realistic? Maybe not. Maybe so. We'll find out. But like, I do look at that, you know, and I'm like looking at the metrics and looking at our numbers and things like that. And that keeps you going in sales, right? We're all competitive. And I know they're probably looking at us too. So I try not to look backwards at people behind. I just look forward at how do we keep moving forward and moving slowly, moving up that, that list. And then I try and do it on a once, once we attain what 
I want. Then I try to look at it on a bigger scale. I start looking at other cities and stuff like that and looking at other companies and how they operate and what they're doing. And I'm like, okay, well, how do we, how do we do more than they do? I don't care if their sales prices are double what ours are. We're going to find our way, you know, and that, that's what keeps me excited, you know, progress moving forward. He never used to do his metrics. Oh, dude, I look at you guys' numbers and I was like, do you see how much they do? They're fucking killing it. I was yeah. like, dude, and we're rooting for you. Like, Thank you. Dude, I'm, like, I swear, I'm like, I want you to like absolutely dominate. Yeah. Just like, because I, I respect what you're doing. You're, you know. Thank it, you. Yeah, it's, it's always good to have but, people that you're, that are doing more than you, right? Because that's what pulls you up. Oh, like you 100%. can't, you can't have people that, if you, it's just like being in an office where everybody, you if you're the top dog all the time every single time it's hard to push forward then you got to start looking outside of your company for the competition right like it pushes you forward i can tell you i've done more business made more money the past couple of years strictly based on the people that we've hired because they've pushed me to do more and i'm just talking like personal sales right like that that's pushed me to want to do more you know where maybe if i was somewhere else i would have done less less with in a different environment. That's why I created the brokers because I didn't want to be around people that weren't on the same mindset. And I was yep. like, fuck, the only way to do this is just like create our own, like yep. create our own culture. Exactly and what I did. That is on the same vibration as us because I'm not finding it out there. Yeah. You know, and you know, the brokers can have all the intentions in the world they want, but it like, it takes a lot of work as you know, sure. right? To actually manage that and keep it and cultivate it and then weed out the yep. bad people, have the hard conversations, get rid of the talent. It's a cancer to the organization and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So, and most companies, the way they're set up is the broker. They they can't do that, right? Because they have to be recruiting, they have to be adding people, they have to be constantly adding new talent, um, and they have to have everything across the whole board, right? And that's what their job is, right? They're an employee that has to go out and recruit and bring people and hit numbers and things like that. So they don't worry about is this person the right fit. They just worry of. Are they going to produce? Can the company make some sort of dollar off them, even if they push one or two deals, you know, times a thousand, two thousand, three thousand? It's still we're profitable, which I get. You know, now that I own the brokerage, like things that used to frustrate me about when when I was at a big brokerage that I didn't like, I understand why they did it, and I respect it now. When I didn't back then, I respect it now. I'm like, hey, you know what? They're just building a business, right? That's their model. And that's what they have to do. They have to have a real estate school. They have to bring in a bunch of new people. They know that eight out of 10 won't make it, but they're going to, you know, if they can get one or two deals out of them, that's where they make their profits, you know? And then I understand the hundred percent model, you know, everybody has a different model and they all work, but they work in a different way, right? Like if, if you're the hundred percent model, the only way you can be profitable is by hiring a significant amount of people and you have to. Yeah. So you have a lot of people a lot of different personalities, a lot of people that operate their business differently. And I respect that. And it's a model. And then there's, you know, the other models where they're constantly bringing new people because they know that they'll spend their first 12 to 24 months with us. And then they're going to move on to another company. So we're going to get 12 to 24 months with them in order for us to survive. We have to be constantly adding new people. So I, I see all the models and like I, I have respect for it and I understand it and I understand why they do it. But it took me being a broker to understand it. So it's just different. You know, we all have different models and, you know, some will be a boring place. If we are all yeah, the same. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's, and there's different fits for everyone. Like, you know, some people are focused on, Hey, I want to keep a hundred percent and I work from home and I don't, I don't care about environment. I don't, you know, and not to say that hundred percent doesn't have, there's no correlation to the yeah. two, but it is harder. The more people you have, it's just naturally harder to build a certain culture. The more bodies you have, more personalities you have, more different levels of business. So, yeah, it's been it's been a fun fun journey so far.
and I'm still learning every day. Like I'm ready to see you do that billion. Me too. <laughs> We're gonna get. There. I saw that. I was like, "Go, yeah. crap. I know. I come to him. I was like, "Fuck yeah. yeah!" I was like, "I love it," and I, I loved what you did with your each individual team. You brought everybody as a collaborative, and was like. Hey, let's do this. Like, here's what, where I'm going. Where are you going? And how are you going? Like, yep. how are we all a part? Everybody of this? plays a part. And I love that you do that. Like, yeah. that's awesome. We need every single person from, you know, a team associate that just joined. They're, they're, they play a part in us getting that to the number. It's like a collective goal that we're all excited about. It's we're all, we all have to play our part in it to get to that number. And I think we'll be the first company with under 100 agents to hit a billion. No, oh, you'll, oh, you'll be setting records so, for sure. And I, I feel confident. I mean, last year we did seven, 774, and that was with 72 people. So we've added on some really great people. Um, plus, all of our people are growing, right? Like some of oh, them yeah. are just, you know, so I, I mean, based on all of our numbers, we're going to exceed that. But billions the goal. So... Well, we'll check. That. We'll check yeah. back. Yes. Check back. We'll, Love it. We'll check back next year. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for having me. Where can people find you? Oh, I don't even know. <laughs> don't even know. Uh, just look up, uh, at Huntington and Ellis, and then I think it's like at Craig M Tan or Craig underscore M underscore Tan or something like that. Craig Tan. If you guys got value on the show today, please share this podcast. Um, let us know what you think in the comments. Like it, and looking forward to the next one. Thanks for. Having, uh, thanks for being here today, Craig. Thank you guys. It's been a pleasure. It's